Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this, it's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible, just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash OLLC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meat, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. And get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash OLOC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. This never happens. Just I hate my dog. <laughs> But I don't know if I, what if I can't find the other shit we did earlier? Just keep going and we'll go from, we'll go from wherever you want. If you want to start over, I can start over. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't fret. It's just so crazy when you talk. Yeah, I see.
that I'm not. I have. You see your, you, you see your bottom weight, but she's still, but she's on there, which yeah. is great. But I just you can't find the other file. I, I the whole time I do pods, I check on on the wavelengths, make sure everything's yeah. good because I'm I'm anal about the sound, and it's just so weird that like, fuck, I'm sorry, Gabby. You don't need to apologize. We're, we're gonna be here all day. <laughs> gonna be a while. Well, Bye, I, I, I don't know what we should do in case. What if I can't find that stuff? I don't know what to do. Just start over. You sure. can just say it. Yeah. You lead, I follow. Forever and never talk to me again. I don't get mad about stuff like this. On the podcast, come out and say this guy really blew it. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I have a little. Are bit we chilling th- right now? You, I have you, a little bit thicker you have to skin. Be somewhere or no, something? I can. I have time. You're gonna just have to direct me to your best eating place nearby. Oh, we'll go I'll, after. I'll, I'll, I'll no, get, so I can get. I'll get instead of. Cooking, I'll get you food. No, and no, settle down. Instead of cooking tonight, I'm just gonna bring food home. It'll be great. Okay. Don't I, worry. I think that I think we should kind of redo it in a sense where we won't yeah. go through all the crazy Great. shit you lead i'll follow okay okay guys here we're back in the podcast i don't know what happened this never happened before this is my 216th episode my dog's been barking <laughs> i've been stressed about having gabby on because she's a very amazing human and she's here I had all my notes ready and prepared and something's going weird with the sound and so now we're back on here and she's so lovely and so sweet we're going to kind of start over a little bit in the beginning um just take a deep breath and now Chappelle came in and he fixed everything. And this is why I do a DIY podcast in my kitchen, too. This is why I don't film it. I refuse to film my podcast. And not for many reasons, just the fact that I just like conversations on audio. And I think it's, it's nice to hear people's voices. Is it to worry shr- about. Do you get stressed out when you're going to do one? Like For you, I did. You did? Why? Because I started Googling you. There's like so many things you did. And it's like there's so many inspiring things you did. And I want to make sure we talk about them. I'm sure people can just Google you and see. But... You say you have such an amazing uh, life and journey. Well, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll confess to you when there I, you are. Okay, go ahead, when go. I am going to host, you know, my, my podcast, How's your deep dive. I, oh, it's in, well, and I also have to read all these books. I have all these guests that they, they're smarty pants okay. and they write books. I did see that. And so I'm just like, oh, but my whole thing is like, how, what's the entry? What, how am I, what, how am I getting in there? And also, so I do get not nervous, but I'm always like, well, I hope I can create, do a good job and bring value to the audience Totally. and also try to find out about the person. Cause my other thing about this is you have all these people who have all this information, right? Yeah. But then how do they apply it into their everyday life? And True. that's what really interests me. Not yeah. just being like, give me 10 reasons or yeah. what's glutathione or whatever. It's like, yeah, cool. But also then when you're stressed out or you're this, or you want to shove that piece of whatever in your mouth, how do you manage yeah. it? You know, yeah. so I, I totally can relate to getting ready for somebody who, um, you know, you're trying to figure out how to navigate the whole conversation. And then like not having you talk about the same shit you talked about. You have two books out, just everything yeah. you've done. Like, but for the listeners that may not know who you are, which I'm sure they do, but just our connection, how we met, like I said, on the original thing, we met at Josh Brolin's on his birthday, started talking to you. My son obviously knows your husband. My son surfs every day. That was a cool moment. Your kids and just that, that energy of people there, Huberman, everybody. And, um, and then just to ask you to come on my podcast and you, of course I'll come to the pod and we really know each other. And then I do a deep dive on you, find out we born the same year. Um, a podcast kind of started at the same time. You lost your father. Mm-hmm. And then when I see that, I'm like, okay, then there's that connection there, you know, like, I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. I, and- I like to get to know people. I think, you know, especially, well, we call it the honey line. Like when you, you, we always say, if you follow the bees, they take you to the honey. Sometimes I feel like if you meet one or two people 
and they introduce you to other people, it's like that is the you know kind of the honey line. And yeah. uh, guys like Josh obviously are not gonna, you know, not have really exceptional people around him. Yeah, it's it's such a unique group of friends that he has. Oh yeah, well because he's had so many lives. Yes, and. I think a guy like that who is busy and has a family and young children, it's like there isn't a lot of extra time. There isn't. And that was, that was such a beautiful day. We su- surprised birthday. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really great. And, and you know, I know Brian Bowen Smith, yes. who's a photographer. He's amazing. Uh, he, I knew him when he was an uh, inline skater. Okay. Um, and he, he used to host for the inter, we used to call it the internet back in like interweb yeah in 2000 there was this thing called gravity games it was sort of like x games right so i was doing the tv for nbc and and brian was doing the the coverage like for the internet gotcha and he was this young blonde you know beautiful boy whipping all around and uh so he you know he was there too but it's just funny to see people take their paths yeah he's a great energy great photographer yeah great story yeah so since we're doing a redo yes let's go i'll We'll, we'll just quickly recap what I think was important to you. Yes. So you, you you're know, amazing, you, by the way. This is awesome. <laughs> We're like best friends, right? So go ahead, go, go. Hey, Tell me. you know, I, one thing I've learned in life is very little is worth freaking out about. I know. I just totally stressed for no reason. Yeah. It's okay, though. I get it, though. You're so calming, though. You have such a chill vibe that makes me like, dude, just chill. <laughs> it's okay. Shit happens. <laughs> it does. Is, you know, you, you, my quick background is I, you know, you, you mentioned my dad passed away yeah. and I was mostly raised in the Caribbean, which I think is important in the sense that it's kind of informed some other things that showed up in my life. I yeah. married my husband's from an Island and people always think I'm uh Laird is an athlete to say the least. And people go, Oh, that's where you guys are. your common ground. Like you're both like into athletics and all this. And I'm like, yeah. actually, no, we're both Islanders. Okay. And so if you ask me what was the most significant part of that, besides maybe, um, relating to my dad and my family and the, from the, you know, he's from Trinidad and to that culture and the music and yeah. the food and also just the order of importance, what's important. And I think that that really helped me later. So I ended up, you know, moving and living in Florida and, and then randomly going to college on an athletic scholarship. It was completely not, um, in my, a plan of mine. Yeah. Did you have a plan? No, I thought I was going to work in a gift shop quite honestly wow like okay. i thought i'd be in the in a gift shop probably in the caribbean selling you know t-shirts that said like all my parents brought me from their trip to st thomas was this crummy t-shirt <laughs> yeah, or whatever totally <laughs> you know yeah 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 i think that's i think something important and maybe you can relate to this doing music there are people you meet and they have the calling early inside them they have a drive and then i think A lot of people you'll meet that maybe it turns out in the external world, they have what's called, you know, kind of success Yeah, is, but they just followed things that interested them. Yeah. And that's all I did. And I, I think like I have a daughter right now who's uh, trying to play tennis and what, what I wish I could take away from, for her was knowing people that were really good at something in sports like I wish she came from sort of maybe an academic family. So mm. she, it was her own whole own pursuit. Her own thing. Yes. yes. And that it was just for the sake of the pursuit. Yeah. And if the success comes as a byproduct, that's cool, but whatever. But now she almost feels all the pressure. And because yeah. also we know a ton of other athletes that have been successful. So in her world, she's like, well, if you do that, then that's the outcome that you're supposed to have. 
Yeah. And I, I would say that. That's interesting. I fell into everything I did, but what I did the whole time. So from college, um, you know, I was playing volleyball at Florida state. I was modeling in New York. I, you know, I ended up paying to play after my second year because I thought, you know, I'll take a chance on myself and I think I can make more money in modeling. And there was a lot of restrictions being on scholarship. And then when I graduated from Florida state and I went, I lived in Miami instead of living in New York. And that's when I picked up the beach game. Now I didn't pick it up and think, Oh, now I'm going to be a beach volleyball player. Yeah. I was like, this seems interesting and cool and it's fun. And then I was encouraged to move to California and and then I had a professional career and and some great things came out of that. But my, I think the more important point is because a lot of people, they try to find their thing, whatever their thing is. And they use the outside world to tell them maybe what that thing is supposed to be or what would be a cool thing or maybe a thing that you got money from. But I think when we can be more quiet and we can really tap into ourselves then it's like, then in a way your success in a different way can be, can be kind of endless. Yeah. Because it's your thing. I agree hundred percent, you know, and, yeah. and Laird and I talk about this a lot because Laird is very similar. Laird didn't have kind of any sort of notoriety until he was in his mid thirties as an athlete. That's late. Okay. And this is a guy who wouldn't compete in surfing. He only was on a quest to ride big waves, whatever. But the whole thing is for him, he's like, I was already successful because I was pursuing what I wanted. Yeah. Like that was the success. Not, I love that. you know, did somebody know me? Was I a world champion? And for other people, that is their thing. It that's their cool thing. too. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you know, that's cool too. So yeah. I, I, you know, after college professional volleyball, I was, you know, we talked about it earlier. Very good timing for me. Yeah. Women's sports was sort of in an interesting place. I Nike signed me to a deal. I, um, and it's interesting when you have a company like that, you know, kind of behind you, it's Huge. it gives you a boost. And so I used all my experience, um, you know, from fashion and, and from all of that and, and kind of brought that into, I, I mean, the word image is ridiculous, but <laughs> let's call it what it is. Yeah. And it was different then, right? Yeah. You had magazines and very few outlets. True. They were in charge. They were the gatekeepers. So you had to have those relationships and you had to be good at that. You know, if you were going to go on the Today Show and you had seven minutes, you know, that's where people were going to see you. They couldn't go to your Instagram. They couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so different. It was a a very cool and hard managing juggling act. And I see this with a lot of young people where they see how it works for other people and they think, oh, that's what I should do. Yeah. But that's already being done. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of work to do it, too. So, and by the time you do it, if it's been done, it's passed. Yeah. So it's like almost better to stay locked into what do I, what do I think I could be good at? That was the other thing I was always asking myself, what am I interested in? And what do I think I could be good at? And, and so I, you know, I've done, I mean, I'm 53 years old. It's like, I've been around a a minute. Yeah. And people go, oh, you reinvent yourself. I go, no, I don't. I just keep following the things that interest me. Yeah. And and try to be honest about who I am today and not try to keep doing what I've done, which it's really hard. It is hard. Super hard. Like doing a podcast, like for me and you, Yeah. it's something different. It's just, You can still talk to people and connect 
have cool conversations. Um, it is uh, a little therapeutic at times. But for me, I, I perform on stage as a, in a band for 29 mm-hmm. years. And starting this podcast before the pandemic really changed and saved my life, just having cool conversations. And it's a different... It came from the people that grew up in my band and then it's expanded and grown to something different. The listeners aren't fans of my band or they're just fans of the pod. It's, it's such a different thing, but it's a different outlet for me too, expressing myself and talking to people like you. And I've always tried to be like that. I, since I've been in this band, I've done other things. I have a nonprofit. I speak at schools, to kids. Um, I had a merch line. I do all just everything. And it wasn't just one thing. And I find things that I like and I love. I try to, I've been my own boss my whole life pretty much. I think. Yeah. And that's, it's funny, you know, people who are kind of don't, you know, I think that there's people who go like, Hey, I want to work's over. I want to leave work at work. And I yeah. don't, I don't really want to actually take it with me or keep it going. So I, I totally it's appreciate hard. that. Um, if you're an entrepreneur or an artist, you sort of Sunday could be Monday. It's like, it's all, it's so you're just rolling, right? Same. It's hard to shut it off for me, man. No, well that's, but that's what it takes. So it's like, people just have to figure out who, what works for them and not one is better than the other. True. And they all have their different set of challenges, Yeah. but it's like going, but again, going back inside and being like, who am I? What, like what things honestly am I pretty good at? Um, what things really turn me on? And and the other side of this is, are you solving the problems you want to be solving? Because if, yeah. if things are work and you're going to be solving problems, you don't want to be solving a bunch of bullshit you don't care about. True. So I try to have as many of the things on my plate that I'm trying to solve be things that I'm like, yes, I'm interested in solving this. Mm-hmm. And I'm. it's okay that it's difficult. And I might even be losing sleep over it because I believe in this stuff that I'm trying to solve. Yeah. You know? You've always been like that, right? I think so. I think I I was kind of fueled by this idea of looking for this artificial, you know, now I know because I'm older, but this idea of like security. Yeah. And then you realize it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, if like, I, I know I bought a house at 19. Wow. I went to, I got showed up to practice late and my coach is like, you know, you don't show up to practice late. Mm-hmm. Right. And my coach looked at me and I was like, Ugh. she's like, what happened? I go, I'm so sorry. I just bought a, this little townhouse like in Tallahassee she's like what and I go yeah because I was looking for roots mm-hmm. you know I was looking for stability and yeah. I, you can't find it in a building true but I tried at 19 it's like makes sense and um and so you just it, it's like she was like I I've never had a player who does that but I again I was cool. that was sort of a real driving force even more than someone asked me go like well, gosh you know you've done a lot of things or why do you think you're successful I go a lot of fear mm-hmm you know, and that, and so how do you switch that as your motivation to like, oh, this is really, these are great opportunities or a cool way to be, you know, to be creative. But I think a lot of us, it's like, or it's that chip or it's that, that, that sort of, uh, broken thing inside us that can really make us successful. Totally. And prove something or prove to somebody or a family. I just, yeah. Yeah. Or like, you're so, like, you're so scared scared in a way you're not going to fail yeah uh, Wayne Gretzky I, I know him a little bit nice the hockey player oh yeah and what I learned you know people used to talk about Wayne's uh, vision on the ice like he could see everything <laughs> right mm-hmm. but I think and I think I'm not talking out of school I think he did not want to get hit a little bit of fear yeah made him hyper alert yeah and I'm not I'm not suggesting he's a, you know like a chicken but I'm saying like there's a guy who drives a speed limit 
He doesn't take a lot of risks in his life. He's super chill. Yeah. And you realize, and then I have other friends that play hockey that could, were fine with getting hit. Yeah. So in a way it's that thing of, it's a gift to us, but then how do we not make it turn against us yeah. when we don't need it anymore? So true. And the fear thing too, I was just thinking about too, like, I guess it is a fear. Like my whole life, I've always like, I never wanted to do something that I didn't love. And I worked so hard to be my own boss, not have to clock in nine to five. I guess I worked a bunch of different jobs. I worked when, when my son was born out here. I worked loading gear for Golden Voice because my band was on hiatus. But besides that, just music, music, music or anything else that made me happy. And I think doing what you love, and I'm so lucky and blessed to be able to do what I love, is why I can have uh, a more positive attitude about my life because I wake up every day and I can do kind of what I want, make my own rules. And I worked hard for that and sacrificed a lot, a lot of relationships. I missed uh, my grandparents' funerals. Uh, I missed weddings and miss people's births all different things you sacrifice and doing something you love um to get where i'm at now at 53 years old and now i still am my own boss and i still play music and i still feel young and i feel like that's because i get to do but there is that fear of like i don't know not fear of having to get a job a fear of just like i don't know what it is it's just just when you when, i don't know what it is it's well, a really good point i think i don't see it as that but when you're a freelance person, yeah, because you could have like, listen, you could talk to the most well-known actors in the world. Once one movie's wrapped, most of them are like, well, is that going to be the last exactly. movie I ever work on? So true. So That's scary. Yeah. I think it's part and parcel of like, mm. uh, you know, not being too comfortable in life, not being true. scared, I think is a really healthy thing. 100%. Because you keep your eyes open. Yeah. You keep learning. You don't lull yourself to sleep in, in the in the fake delusion that like everything's okay. <laughs> so true. You know, but you don't want to be biting your nails or, you know. Stressing. No, because it's not worth it. Mm. You know, and that's the other thing I've learned is I listen to, I have a good friend named Byron Katie and I've done, she has a program called The Work. And, you know, it's like everything's okay right now. Like, you know, we have all these worries and all these things. Yeah. And I think it's also remembering in this exact moment right now, it's okay. Yeah. You know, but then you sort of think, and I have to be paying attention and, and sort of driving the ship like yeah. where we're going to go. You know, Laird always says, if you don't have a destination, how, like, where are you going? Mm. So I think for people to set goals or have dreams or what have you and be clear about what that is, is also good. Yeah. I've always, I don't know. It's, it's a really... I never thought about it as fear, but I think it's a really good point. It's like, and also that also with haters and message boards and all that kind of negativity and reviews and different things about mm-hmm. ourselves throughout our careers, music, whatever you do, like the naysayers, they make, they make me want to go so much harder and they make me so much stronger. And I, and I love that. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. I heard a great theory on that too recently. I don't know if it was on Rogan or forgive me. I'm not going to give the right credit to who it was, <laughs> but to build anything, anything yeah. takes a, a million different little things true like good like you it's like bricks in a wall right yeah but for something to be destroyed takes one instance and so That's what nice. we have to realize is that also why we respond so radically someone could tell you five thousand compliments one guy is like i you suck one comment I and know. it but it's connected to that biology because in nature it just takes a second 
It's a really great And so if it, it's just understanding that about our, this is part, you know, humans, we think we're so clever because, you know, we're sitting here with our computer and we have all this stuff. Yeah. Our biology is really driving the ship so often. And it's just realizing we weren't meant to have, you know, 200,000 people, a million people be able to comment. Yeah. It was a hundred. Anytime they want. It was a hundred people in your village. Yeah. And they would have had to say it to your face. Yeah, to your face. And you might have even had the opportunity to have a discussion about it. Yeah. They would have said, "I don't like that you did that," and you'd be like, "Well, what do you mean?" And then they'd explain it, and you go, "Okay, I could maybe see your side," or "Hey, I'm going to punch you out," or whatever it was. But I think what we get so far from is realizing, in certain ways, and it's great, and it's convenient, and all these other great things. But we're still these sort of biological, you know, masses walking around. Yeah. And. It's just not set up to to do it. My son is working. I know you got a haircut. I saw a video of you just beating the crap out of the drums. That's amazing. Yeah, that's me. I know. I saw. It was amazing. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Okay, you guys leave now because we're in the podcast. Oh, wow. Because we already had technical difficulty. Now we're getting the groove right now. He can take some hydrate if you want. Yeah, I got some stuff for you guys too. Okay, bye. Bye. There's there's been climbing. Oh, great. Um, no, but just, but that's such it's, a good point. I think it's, rem- I'm remembering. So when you, when we go like, why would I care what that person says? It's okay. It's you're. it's meant there actually to protect you. Yeah. Um, because to make something great or big or build anything takes forever. And think about it. A tornado can hit the ground and boom, like it's I like, know. and that is life. And so, you know, having enough sort of rack focus to be like, I can see that. I know how to navigate it, ignore it, but I also know how to honor that. Yeah. You know, and not be like, what do I care? It's like, it makes sense, but this is not, we're not supposed to be living like this. Mm-hmm. Do you that like, do, did you like cut, you read comments and stuff like that or not too often sometimes. And I usually will address people back super polite, you know, because I believe in discussion. Yeah. And what I have fa- found is that, I mean, it's harder and harder now. Nuance seems to be, taking an interesting turn um but i I also think people have to realize that we need to spend as much time as we can with people eyeball to eyeball love that's yeah you know 100 percent. and then and then yes it's a tool that we're all using this this social thing but if it it can't be our real lives our real lives have to be our real lives i know it's crazy for our kids too like this is all they know is social media this is like they're it's just they know they don't know the life going outside like we did growing up and oh, yeah. all that stuff it's crazy and trying to separate that i'm so happy my son does surf skate does everything outside never had video games he plays music he's really into like outdoors i'm really really lucky with that yeah i have two girls that are not susceptible and my youngest is a bit on the hook to all of it mm. um she's in 10th grade it makes perfect sense however yeah. it's weird as a parent like it drives my husband nuts he wants to smash all the electronics and yeah. think he's going to will his way to like do it like this. And I'm like, no, we have to be a good example and we have to have conversations with her about it. And she's going to, we're going to have to help her figure out how to manage it. Yeah. You know, cause I have scary. friends that are like, they shouldn't have any social media. You should take it all away. And I go, cool. And then are you going to live in their pocket and how yeah. are they going to manage it? But it's a very, it's a really tricky thing and it's like a drug. So it is man. It's, I have none of that figured out. I'll be honest with you. I, I this if you said as a parent right at this moment, one of the things I really have a conflict with is trying to figure out what's you know the right and wrong on that. Yeah, it's incredible being parents, huh? 
Oh, it's radical. I love it. I feel like it's my, of everything I've ever done with my life, it's, it's the most amazing thing I've ever done. You know, music, all that, whatever. Yeah. Like becoming a dad, not having a dad, mm. just all that. And well, and you're lucky because you have a son in that way that you maybe didn't get to have that relationship with your dad, but you get to have that male relationship. Yes. You're just the dad. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm really lucky. Mom. And, and then I have a respect for my mom now. Obviously, I had some resentment we talked about earlier, but. Looking back now, her raising three boys when my dad died and hustling and bustle and moving all around, like so much respect for that. It's hard. It's really hard. And and I just have one kid. And three sons. (laughs) Yeah. Three boys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there was a little bit of hell on wheels too. Yeah, we were. (laughs) And I said that we said earlier, but yeah, now I'm going to therapy about it and just trying to like go back to my childhood and different memories I don't have and what it could have, should have, my mom and closure and all that stuff. And I don't know. I just never thought I'd go to therapy. My, nobody in my family has ever gone to therapy. My mom or brothers know when I'm the first one to like do it. It feels good. Yeah, I think sometimes being able to say this is how I feel or this feel this hurt me or this made me angry. But then I always tell I have a friend who uh, goes to talk therapy a lot, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now you got to put it in play. Yeah. Like it's it's good. To get it out now, you going to make moves. You got to make moves because yeah. the one thing I really, I'm, I'm t- tough this way. Okay, is like, <laughs> okay, like, like we said earlier, everybody has something, and people, totally. you know, people have really, really intense things where yeah. they were people, someone hurt them yes. or what have you. Agreed. And it's like, hey man, life is happening right now. There's so much beauty usually all around. What can we do? What are we in charge of? And is it unfair what happened before? Probably. Mm -hmm. But like, what do you want to do? Yeah. To move forward. Yeah. And I think I see a lot of times that people sort of, it's not that they enjoy, but they don't know how to get out of that. And then they'll use that as a default. Oh, yeah. And I think it's more of like a map. To be like, oh, I understand certain traits of mine because it sort of it seems like a byproduct of this thing that happened when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So how do I loosen the grip, that grip on me a little bit? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that for myself, well, not my brothers, but that I didn't go a crazy route. Like, oh, my dad died. So I started drinking and doing this and that. I never tried nothing my entire life. And that was the time and place for me growing up in punk rock and skateboarding and stuff, you know, like. But maybe the energy could get let out through that. Yeah. Through music and through smacking on some cement, you know, yeah. you know, it's like, I think her, hurt and anger, if it can just get let out some way. Yeah. It's great. Have you gone to therapy before? I have. And I, I, I had, I went through something with one of my daughters who now is great and doing good, yeah. doing really good. That sort of launched me more into that. And the person that really helped me the most, because I, and for anyone listening who gets like, let's say something happens in their world and they get flipped on their back, yeah, like with a kid or something, yeah, you don't really know how to get help. Yeah, you have to you have to muddle through till yes. you find the right situation. Mm-hmm. And the person who helped me was uh, I had mentioned her earlier was a woman named Byron Katie. She has a okay. program called The Work. Okay. And what I really like about that is she's not here to t- what she has a famous line. I don't have any answers, but I have a lot of questions. Nice. And what she does with people is she gives them the tools to unravel it themselves. And once you start to practice, like, is it true? You know, can I know it to be true for sure? Who am I when I think those thoughts? Yeah. You know, all this, you can, you can unravel even like that guy just gave me a dirty look. 
It's like, oh, did he? Is it true? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that guy's in his lost in his thoughts and he's yeah. having a bad day. Yeah. And somehow I want to get involved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's you, interesting. And even in a relationship, I've been with my husband for 27 years. It's yeah. like he can be stomping around and I'll be like. Rawr, rawr, and I can quickly be like, this has probably not that nothing to do with me. Yeah. You know, and or no, I. about me. Yeah. Or I can say, hey, what's up? And if he's like nothing, I'm not, I can. I can. I can move on from it. But yeah. we have a tendency, I think, as people to create all these stories all around us all the time. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's true. So I, I like that really helped me. Um, she has a beautiful book called Loving What Is that was very, very, it really was very powerful for me. Okay. Yeah. I got one now that my therapist has me reading called um, Grandchildren of Alcoholic Grandparents. mm so we're kind of tracing it back to like oh, yeah. abusive grandfather I had towards my mom of and my grandma. And I knew nothing about that. Just started coming out, yep. talking to her. So that's interesting well, too. Well, it gives you compassion for your mom. Yeah, because I have I so much think. resentment kicking me out of the house and all that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. We have such a crazy relationship, me and my mom. I love you, mom. She's amazing. <laughs> but like, yeah. she's really tough. Uh, Massachusetts yeah. talks like this, mom. You know, chain smoked her whole life. Just a badass mom, you know. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's also like the set of skills, like where people were told, you know, 50 years ago, hey, if there's a roof over their head and there's food, um, that's you did your job. That's enough. And, and by the way, no think about this being philosophical, pondering, uh, learning, all these things are freaking luxuries. Yeah. Because you have the space. The distance from the edge of the of the cliff, which is True. survival. Yeah. So think about like when people are just trying to keep the lights on. It's like your feelings. Do, yeah. Like, come on. I know. Are you joking? Like you want to get or you wanted to sit here and get philosophical. It's like, shh, give me a break. Like yeah. we're trying to make sure everyone's fed. Yeah. And I'm not beating you. So I think we're OK. Yes. So I think it's you know what I mean? So like, true. That's it, the mentality. Back then. Yeah, it is. Are and, you more of a sensitive, emotional mom? Or are you tough? I'm, I definitely am not tough, but I... Same. I, I would say it just depends. Like if you... This is a funny line. Katie told me she has three kids and she goes, my three children have three different mothers and I love to get... I love getting to know each of them. Because mm. if you ask three of my different daughters, I'm a different person. Gotcha. Based on who they are also. Totally. In that relationship. Yeah. Correct. So I have like my middle is very, very sensitive. Yep. And I'm very close to her. I'm very close to my, um, to, to my girls, but she'll say, oh, you've gotten so much better. Like since she was 14. (laughs) I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Like, no, you're so different. I'm like thinking to myself, yes and no. You Mm -hmm. know, like you're so different too. Like Mark Twain had a famous quote about how it was amazing how much his father learned from the time Mark Twain was 14 to the time he was 21. Oh, wow. Which just simply means your kids grow up. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And hopefully we continue to improve. Yeah. So, and then my youngest daughter, who is same birth sign as me, we have a same kind of like communication system. Yeah. Which is very straightforward. Not too much same. emotion. Not too like we're we're not that cuddly. Um, no problem. Yeah. I never I never offend her. Mm-hmm. I can offend my other two daughters all the time just yeah. by being like super direct and super intense. Yeah. Um, her, she's like whatever, you know. Like so, it just depends. Yeah. My my wife's like. I guess I'm like the good cop, bad cop. She's more like stern. I'm more like, let's go have fun. Let's go play. Yeah. Let's go skate. Yeah. Try to balance that. But that's interesting. Just, oh, I'm definitely 
don't know if it's because I lost my dad or just all those freaking Disney movies with somebody dying in the beginning, like Nemo or like a parent dies in one yeah. of those cartoons. It's all that. Yeah. Super emotional person, man. It's, it's, I don't know, I guess. Well, you're also, think about it, artist. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think if, even if you look at like a lot of people who are addicts, yeah. they're usually on the more sensitive side. They're feeling the world at a higher volume and it's probably harder you know and yeah. so someone like me who's very analytical mm -hmm. um you know you can be like what's the problem you know it's like <laughs> uh, like uh, you might say well how do i feel about that and i might say wait i gotta think about that for a minute oh yeah okay and so it's just understanding what is our system that's the more dominant system and how do we work with that um and grow with that and also improve like in our relationship so it's even knowing like for example, if I was working in my office and I came out in the kitchen and my one daughter, who is more sensitive, was there, she would pick up on the intensity, but she didn't understand it had nothing to do with her. I yeah. was thinking about a work issue. Yeah. And so I then could understand, hey, I could say to her, hey, sweetie, I love you. I'm just having like a really intense thing at work. So it's like also even learning that yeah. or someone saying I'm feeling extra vulnerable and wobbly and I know it's really nothing because I'm more emotional or sensitive yeah. and I'll, I'll work it out. Yeah. Communication is so important with the kids, man. Yeah. From day one, just talking to my son about everything, him texting us from school going, all my friends are skipping next period. Can I skip? No other kids were texting their parents asking permission to yeah. skip a period. But we had this total yeah. and we still have it. And it's beautiful and I love it. And it's, I don't know. It just, it just everything. I mean, even, even 20, he still lives at home, which I'm like, you know, Billy Eilish stayed at home until she was like 19 or 20. <laughs> you don't have to move out yet. But like yeah. uh, that whole like, um, what's it called? Like uh, empty nest syndrome. That's yeah. really been on my mind as of lately. Really? We don't, we don't. And it's, it's like, we don't even own our kids. It's like you make them, you raise yeah. them, go out into the world. Like, I don't yeah. know. But, Just when he's gone, it's going to be like. But think about this. Think about this. Is you want our, we want our kids like we, we do is to go out in the world and have this kind of really big and dynamic life. True. And in order to do that, they have to, they have to go out there, <laughs> yeah. but they may be closer to us. Like I'll give you an example. I have a daughter right now who's playing tennis. She just flew from Egypt to Turkey. Wow. She'll FaceTime me when I talk to her. I feel very connected to her. There was a period of time she was in my house, in her room upstairs, and she was a million miles away. Mm. And so great point. it's like this thing of heart connection and really what is, and if he's out there and he's turned on by what he's doing and creating in life, man, that's that's powerful. And you can yeah. be like, man, I miss them. Yeah. That too. Yeah. But the power of like, oh, wow, they're, they're experiencing life. Yeah, and we're missing each other. And we're talking and checking mm. in and all that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I know. Oh, you are sappy. I like it. I'm super sappy. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then me and my wife, who've been married since yeah. 1996, yeah. we get to have a new chapter of our lives, which yeah. is me and her again. Yeah. And go out there, go on. I don't know, you know what I mean? It's like we have that now because he's 20, but we have like the new thing. But it's like, yeah, we're always going to have that bond, me and my son. But I don't regret anything. But sometimes, like, maybe we should have had a second kid. I don't know, man. I don't know. Listen, no matter who you are, you always have all those. Yeah. Some people who chose not to have kids think they should have had one. People, I thought about this. I have friends now who have little kids. I'm like, maybe I should have, I should have had another baby or maybe a baby or maybe someone's going to have a grandbaby. It's like, that's just the way it is. But the cool thing is, is like realizing at any age, like my husband had a best friend who passed away at 84 about four years ago. Wow. And that guy was living life to the fullest, trying new things. 
experiencing things and expanding and it doesn't mean buying more things i just mean expanding as a human being and he was always a really powerful example of um you know and there's a lot of books there's a book called uh strength to strength about you know sort of uh and even um do you know who stephen kotler is he talks a lot about flow state Mm, um flow research collective he has a new book out called nar country g-n-a-r like gnarly and um (laughs) that's cool a lot of times we think our world should start getting smaller as we get older. And he's like, no, he goes, your right and left hemisphere, your brain are really starting to communicate at, at their best to each other. Okay. And it's about continuing learning new things, doing hard stuff, taking on challenges, doing novel activities outside, all these yeah. weird things. And so you and your wife have that opportunity to really be like, cool. Yeah. You know, what else are we doing? No, that's true. That's the positive side of it and all that. And just, what was the alternative? <laughs> like live until he, he's 40 now. Yeah. I know. And then cr- you'll be like, and then s- girls will be like, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing too, is that you mentioned like your daughter doing sports as well. My son plays music too. He's a drummer and now he's playing in my band, which is another thing. So that's like, even if he moved out, he's still playing music with his dad and we traveled together and he's an amazing musician, but yeah. there's really, and he, we talk about too, like him having pressure, like as my son to do this or do that. He's never had me. Uh, he's been never did drugs or alcohol like me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 20. And um, I don't know, just we have that bond, that connection. But but as far as like being on my shadow, I guess, and being a musician, like I don't, he's doing modeling too. Like he doesn't feel, I don't think he feels the pressure to um, start a band or do exactly what I did. But he's an incredible drummer since he's four years old. So yeah. Well, I saw it. You sent me a yeah, video. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I, I can't play any instruments, so. Really? No, it's nothing. <laughs> I barely sing. I'm just like a punk singer. Um, but yeah, I don't play anything. Yeah, I can probably... See, but that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, and also think about this. If he, Even if he plays with you for now or for a long time or a short time, whatever, how much time do we spend with the people we work with? Yeah. A lot. It's true. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you st- when did you start your podcast? It was a couple of years ago? Yeah. So... 2019? Even when I was playing professional volleyball... Um, I used to do a show called MTV Sports. So, I remember that. Yes. So yes. I used to. to my Dan, notes. Dan Cortez was the I host. Dan Cortez. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what's and he doing now? I don't know. I haven't seen Dan in a few years. But what happened is he got hurt doing that show. So then he didn't want to do all the weird stuff. So they brought me on. And like Henry Rollins had like a little skit. Remember That's right. that? He'd do he was the, dating Kennedy back then. Oh, really? He'd do a rant. He was amazing. He's amazing. I mean, he is amazing. I shouldn't say was. He is, he is amazing. amazing. And on that, he was amazing. Okay. Um, so I always was interested in talking to people because mm. I think, you know, when I was playing professional volleyball and doing stuff, I was interviewed quite a bit and it was fine, but I was yeah. really interested in talking to people and yeah. learning from them. So I did MTV sports. I had a show called the extremist. I, um, I used to do a training show. So I've been in the space of communication. So yeah. I, and my first podcast I did was with Neil Strauss. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. So he was a writer. Yep. I remember Rich Roll's house one night, yeah. yeah. So Neil did a book, the very famous book called The Game and then The Truth and such. And Neil's a great guy. But I, I thought it would be cool because we're so different. Yeah. That it would be cool to do it together. Okay. And also, weirdly, is yielding my, giving my power to someone else. Neil likes to be in charge. Yeah. And I'm, it's always been hard for me in certain ways to be like, I'm going to take full ownership of the space. Yeah. And then finally... Um, I think, you know, I went into Rogan and then he was like, oh, you should, you know, do your own thing or something. Yeah. 
and I have been thinking about it and then other people. And so I, I've, I, I like it. Um, I'm, I'm sort of, this is where my competitive side is and I can be all like, Oh, I just will pursue what I like. But there's a part <laughs> of me that's like, okay, you know, growing and numbers and doing a good job and all kind of, I approach everything in sort of this very, you know, kind of intense way. Yeah. Um, which I have to monitor a little bit. You chill out a bit. Yeah. Chill out. Well, and also remember that you have to do whatever you're doing for the sake of doing it. hundred percent. And then just let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing. I just started this with conversations. My mom was the first episode and then it <laughs> grew into this crazy thing. And then I'm super crazy about sponsors and who I have and who I align myself oh, with. Yeah. And everybody's trying to get me, get manscaped. And I'm like, I'm good. Just different random things. I don't really, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting world, uh, podcast world. It is. And, and I think a lot of t- what happened is, and you did it prior to, to, to the pandemic and I and banked it, a bunch too which I was really happy about oh really you bank them uh some like a few weeks I'm crazy man really I'm banked till September right now are you crazy I'll show you in there how is that possible I haven't banked I'm, I'm obsessed what's happening I have so many because I can go on tour and not worry about it oh uh, okay fair and none, of fair, my, fair, none, fair. none of my stuff is like we're not talking about something current of I was gonna say it's not timely right it's that's so far bad. out oh wow Rich told me he does it a couple of weeks, maybe. Month yeah, or two, that's I'm like, a, I'm about a month. Okay. Because I try to also, especially because I talk a lot about health and yeah, wellness yeah, yeah. and all that. I try to also line up with people's book releases, like totally. You know all that stuff. I get it. But um, anyway, so I, I think you know it's 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 doing that, and, and really just being concerned with becoming better at it and Same. and doing a good job and and not worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. Except for today when everything fell apart, but it's okay. What do you mean? That's great. It has to happen. And that was a way better conversation. And think it's about amazing. it. It happened with a safe person. I know. Thank right? you. I know. See that? You're so chilled about it. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, saying like, and we, ha- you have to ha- think about in You've gone on stage and the audio equipment didn't work. That's happened yeah. to you before. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have to have all those experiences so that you've gone through it. No, that's true. But now I'm gonna get back. Oh to wait, my, you got your notes. I get my notes because because, because there's, no, I'm not serious. But there's something that you did <laughs> with American Heart Association oh teaching gardens. Is that something you still do? Uh, my friend it's Kelly, so cool man well my friend kelly meyer created the teaching garden and the, so she used to invite me to do the physical fitness arm of it okay but they did sell it to the american heart association and i i will say for your listeners it's nice they teach I, you about exercising and good foods and well yeah you know what was cool about this curriculum is you go to these places where some of these kids like there's not even any grass or stuff at their schoolyard right yeah and so they would do these planter boxes and then the school was awesome they'd actually yield whatever the kids would plant and figure out a way to cook it and put it into the kids' meals. And, so cool. And we say like bottom up, so the kids could go home and also talk to their parents about it. Awesome. Yeah. So this program was was really cool, and these are the things like I certainly take for granted. It's like oh, fresh food, um, yeah. and it's just also remembering, like people sometimes never mind they don't know how they just don't have access. Yeah. To the good stuff. Yeah. And so, um, I think that's a really, I think, I feel like if you say down on essentialism for people, it's like just if they want good food, that that's a whole other thing, you know, like good food and the way our, the system is set up for us not to eat good food and to, you know, for it to taste really good and to be inexpensive, but to really crush us. Um, so true, especially in schools, like just the healthy options. There's none. There isn't it's brutal. And what was somebody joke like FDA, it should be food then drug, you know, administration, <laughs> you know, not like food and drug, but like yeah. 
shitty food and then you will be you know do you know on, the, um you know john badass vegan john lewis yeah i mean i know who i know trying to kill his, us his documentary came yeah, out last yeah, year yeah it was amazing just the different neighbors that don't have that access to good foods and yeah making it like uh affordable for people too and it's well we had something that used to work and i understand it's a, you know there's a lot of people in the world and things like that and people want to figure out how to monetize everything yeah but we really we managed to do a pretty good job of taking a system that was probably pretty good and and getting and going off kilter. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know if parts of it will get better. And I spend all of my shows are really talking about this kind of stuff. Um, I will tell you one thing I'm very optimistic about, which is I can talk to a therapist, like a Harvard psychotherapist who deals with schizophrenia and bipolar or anxiety, let's say. Yeah. So on the intense edge to like, you know, the lighter edge to a GI specialist from Georgetown to, um, you know, uh, endocrinologist, let's say. And what you're starting to see, which is really wonderful and inspiring is that more and more doctors are saying, um, okay, we're not treating the whole patient. We're, we're just, we're just dealing with the, with the, you know, the problem. Mm -hmm. We're not dealing with the problem. We're just dealing with the symptoms. And so what, what you're also seeing is that most of them are sort of saying, Hey, insulin sensitivity, chronic inflammation, mitochondrial dysfunction, and like community. And that might show up for, for somebody, it could be depression. For someone yeah. else, it could be uh, cardiovascular disease. For someone else, it could be diabetes. But that these roots cause most of our problems. Yeah. So if we don't have that community, that connection, um, so if, true. if we're insulin insensitive, if we're living in a state of chronic inflammation and if we basically have some kind of mitochondrial dysfunction and if you want to throw in the microbiome, the gut, which is complicated in itself, yeah. let's say the health of that, that if we could, if people, when they're sort of trying to figure out, Oh, my health, yeah. it's like if they can drill down on the things that they can do in their day-to-day lives to help support those things, yeah, they're going to get ahead. Yeah. It's, 100 percent true yeah and it i get inspired because more doctors are seeing it i just interviewed a woman who is like an OBGYN, right and mm-hmm. then she went back and got her master's in culinary um medicine because yeah. she realized in her own t- education she didn't really understand about food gotcha so i see this all the time with doctors um and diet it, and all that stuff, right? And health, right? That's what you I spend mean. A little bit of time studying the whole, that. Uh, zero, they don't know. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah. that doesn't impact. It. It's like, are you crazy? Yeah. So it's like more and more, you just see them in all the fields, like really understanding, like, hey, the whole person holistically. Yeah. Um, and it's also reminding people, like, hey, you have to be your own advocate. Yeah. You know. I think a lot of those documentaries too, like What the Health and Game Changers, and a lot of those, mm-hmm. like, really open a lot of people's minds to changing up their diets and the connections what that has to their health you know i really feel well, like that and for, doctors actually recommending people to actually eat your vegetables like our parents told us our whole life eating yeah. greens you know like, yeah well you need the fiber yeah you know that's the thing they say for women as they get older they need to find more sources of protein or eat more protein and they need to lift more weights okay time under tension for your bones and men it's almost opposite because women will cardio themselves to death trying to stay, quote, and I say skinny. Mm-hmm. It's counterproductive, um, especially when they make hormonal changes. And for men, mm. they have to eat more fiber and move around for their heart. Okay. So it, that's what the, the kind of the studies show. They almost need to do the opposite. So women yeah. need to get protein. Guys need to get fiber. And then um, 
and then women need to bang a little bit iron doesn't mean you got to load it up just a little bit and and then men need to walk around and they call it zone two if people like drilling down or they want to learn for themselves zone two is a place most of us if we could live there for 180 minutes a week okay um and what that looks like is if you take your age and you minus it from 220 okay then you take about 80 percent of that so you don't have to be huffing and puffing but you sort of should be like uh, you know a nice little clip yeah do it's doable at 45 minutes a a kind of session it's really really good for you did you work out today i did but light yesterday was hard today was light yeah i saw i saw some of your workouts underwater with the weights and all oh, that yeah. stuff it's, mm-hmm. it's so intense xpt yeah well yeah well it's listen it's only intense because but it's it's not because it's it's like anything it's it's just bringing some you know it's like it's it's just an extension of stuff i've been doing i True. can take anyone who's never done it and get them to do it yeah you know and and i would say that to people keep trying those novel things but be guided by somebody who makes it a positive experience yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah. Um, do you feel good in your 50s? you feel strong? I do. Same. I feel really strong. I do too. I, I love the 50s, man. Yeah. But I'm, I, you know, I, be, I mean, just like you, I beat myself up pretty good. I have an artificial knee. Mm. I got one at 46. Um, and that's the other thing. It's like, if you do move your body, um, I mean, skateboarders, holy cow. It's like you, yeah. it, it's like you have a price to pay. And so f- don't, you know, it's all part of it. Um, yeah. It's crazy seeing Tony Hawk ripping like 54, 55. Yeah. But getting hurt, but getting better too. Well, yeah. And um, I know Danny way very well. Ooh, okay. And so that's a guy who's been put together a good I know, man. 10. Well, do you know who Paul Check is? Might, yeah. So for anyone, I mean, this guy is very hardcore. I love him and he's really, really smart, but he helped, um, kind of help Danny rehabilitate okay. a few different times. Okay. But Danny has done some pretty incredible things to his body. I know. I mean, he's incredible though. He's a superhero. Yeah, he is. So is internet right when it says that, um, you got a divorce from Laird when you were like focusing on golf too much? You were trying to be a Oh, pro? no. What happened was, was, yeah, no, what happened was <laughs> we, Laird and I, so I met Laird at 25. Mm-hmm. I married Laird at 27. Then at 30, um, I was thinking of retiring from volleyball and then um, I got an offer to try to play golf and Laird and I went through a very rough patch in our uh, marriage uh, for a number of reasons. Golf was definitely one of them. I was playing tons of golf and lived, like I had to fly to Arkansas to train and like crazy in wow. Las Vegas, uh, which is probably never good for anyone. And then, um, Vegas, no. yeah, <laughs> just run. <laughs> um, it's never good. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, Laird actually used to drink, uh, okay. nothing. It was an interesting and subtle thing. Um, and you know, he's talked freely about this before, but he drank Pinot Noir, okay. but every day. So he okay. was an alcoholic, okay. um, for the first 12 years of our, um, our relationship. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, for people who don't know Laird, um, uh, Laird is a big wave surfer and, um, he's a very intense person. He's, I a, love it. I met him the one time. I love no. his energy, man. He's oh like, no, he's he's one of a kind yeah. and he's so he's so special but he's very intense and you have that all day long in the house 24 yeah yeah oh yeah and you know what one thing about surfers mm. and big wave surfers you know what they're waiting on they're waiting for waves yeah and you know what doesn't come that often waves yeah. so you know they're like okay so anyway so <laughs> so how did you meet i i interviewed laird for yeah, a show for the extremist so anyway okay. so we we, awesome. we almost broke up and then Laird, because he's a gentleman, was like, you file the papers. And so 
what happens is in California, which is quite brilliant, I think it's three months or six months, you have to wait till okay. they will grant you a divorce. And in that period of time, we, um, we reconciled. Awesome. And Laird was like, are, you know, do you want to try or not? And I was like, I do. Yeah. And Laird taught me a lot. Laird, I learned, you know, I was always very scared. And I mm -hmm. think even given what Laird does for a living, Laird's a lot braver than I am in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I don't mean running into a burning building, which he would do. I mean, like the courage to really be loving. Yeah. And he really taught me, like, if you're going to do it, put, do it. Yeah. Like put yourself out there. And you know what? It is a risk. Yeah. You know, you, people can leave, people can break up, people can die. Like shit happens. Yeah. But why waste time? If you have it in front of you, if you've actually got someone that you're connected to in a real way, why not go for it? You know? know? And so that, you know, that was a long time ago. And so we actually didn't get divorced. Um, but they, the, the, you know, sometimes I'll see people and they'll be like, I'll be with one of my daughters and they'll be like, is that Laird's daughter? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Cause they thought maybe we broke up or something. Wow. Yeah. So it was really a gift. Cause yeah. also it makes you appreciate a hundred percent, you know, like, so he's been sober since. No, that actually didn't come until, um, a few years later. Okay. And then, uh, and then Laird decided himself. Cause you know, for anyone who's with somebody who does that, you know, you can't tell somebody. True. And you definitely can't tell a guy like Laird. And I never did. <laughs> and then he finally realized that I think it wasn't going to really work out yeah. for his, his life. Yeah. And so he, and you know, we had, we were having our third daughter and I think he realized like this would be a good time. Did you ever, do you surf too? I used to longboard quite a bit. Mm. Um, but you know, surfing is very hostile. And so I, I don't like to be in combative environments. Yeah. And, um, it's intense. I tried a couple of times. It just wasn't for me. I tried. Yeah. And I love the water. I mean, I'm love a water, water person, it but maybe, maybe love the water more actually. Yeah. I love, I love it and I love surfing, but I, I think, um, I was like, you know what, Laird, that's like your thing. I, I mean, I'll go and paddle we, where we live on Kauai, we on the river and things like that. But, um, it, it is just, it is pretty combative in mm. certain ways. And I thought, I, you know, I'm good. Yeah. Do you kids surf? I have, uh, they all can certainly. And yeah. my, my youngest is a longboarder also. She look, she does it so easily. It's like in the cells or something, but <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting when you do something and it's different, you know, your son, well, he's doing a different form of what you yeah, do Exactly. is I th think your kids have a tendency to go like, you know, I got to try my own thing. Yes. It's cool for you. Yeah. And like, we have one surfer in the house. Like yeah. we have a real surfer in the house <laughs> and I, I think yeah, sometimes, legend. well, no, I just meaning like in some ways it's especially that kind of surfer. I think they're, they're torment, you know, they do a lot of waiting. Mm -hmm. They're waiting for their thing yeah. and it's, you can see it's like, it's not as easy. So, I, and I also think surfing is a calling. Mm. It's not, it's like, that's why someone could be sitting in Ohio and they see someone surf and they go, I'm going to do that. Like yeah. surfers, it's yeah. inside them. You see it with your son possibly Oh my god. where it's yes. like, it is a genuine calling every day. Yeah. And we, I, he started a little bit before the pandemic. We started going to the ocean when there was nobody in the ocean for the past couple of years. <clears throat> and I remember standing up on my first wave and like feeling something that I thought was kind of nerdy that I heard people say like, it's it's connection with the ocean, the spiritual thing. And then mm -hmm. when I stood on the board, cause I grew up as a skateboarder. When I stood on the board and I felt I was just being pulled by the the earth. It was just, it was unreal. I couldn't explain that feeling, and that I totally got it at that moment. Oh yeah, you know, just trying to stand up again, just feeling like it's just pulling you. It's like it's unreal. And now I, I get the addiction that my son has for it. 
Oh, it's, and that's like his natural high, which is like the best thing he could have, you know. So yeah, and I think it's a people get a, a sense of homeostasis and equilibrium from doing mm. it. I think you're in positive ions. I think you're in something much bigger than yourself. I agree. Um, you know, we call it like the church of surfing. You're out at church, you know, kind of. I think there's so many things to it that um, makes sense. And surfing is, I mean, the act of riding a wave. Think about how far that energy has come. Yeah. It's pretty far out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just paddling out like a workout. Oh, yeah. Paddling is hard. And I'm, I'm, I'm not really a fan of sharks either, so it doesn't really help. Yeah, but that's just a made-up thing. Is it? Sharks not interested in you. Yeah, probably not, right? For as many <laughs> sharks are in the water and people go in there, it's like, listen, sharks, seldom are they aggressive. It's sort of either mistaken identity or, yeah. or something else. But, you know, Jaws did a number on our generation. It did. And, um, it really did. Yeah, and, and sharks are... Scarred us. They're pretty magnificent. And no, they are. beautiful, yeah. And they are scary. Yeah. Listen, of course, but they don't want to eat you. You're not good eating. Yeah. Is it true that you had the um, you outsole Jordan with the first woman's shoe? Is that, is that true or not? Oh, you like Nike, don't you? I love Nike. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about it earlier on the first part of the podcast. Yes. We lost. Um, I, well, it's funny because beach volleyball, right? We didn't. We were barefoot, so they gave me a. At the time, Bo Jackson was doing a category called cross training, mm. which was such a weird novelty, which everybody, every athlete now, even in high school, does. But yeah. back then, and so I had a cross training category shoe and tinker designed it and yep. it had a big release and it, i believe it and the, the release i did outsell that at that 95. time yeah the jordans then you had the air patrol yep we had a lot yeah the we air had gr the air gr2 yeah wow that's just four different styles right it or sounds sexier i mean it's so funny <laughs> i think it was i remember thinking oh this is really cool but you know these are all just i don't know how to explain it yeah, maybe because it's it. There's a part of it that it's it's a it's always continuously changing and moving. Mm -hmm. I always just sort of observed it and was like, "Wow, this is really, really cool." And yeah, you're in it. It's yeah, like and I'm working it. with the best, yeah. coolest people. You know, we made the first black training shoe for women. They wow. had never done that for me. Was cool because they were like, cool. "We don't make black shoes for women." I go, "Well, hello, mm -hmm. come on, like get with it." That is really cool, actually. Yeah. So those were cool. And they, and I still have the, obviously some of the skews, um, you know, saved and, um, they hold up, they look good. We still have a pair. On, uh, oh, several. Like I have all every in box. Yeah. Just to have, you know, like I would get the skew and save it. Um, just cool. so you have it. And when I look at it, I go, oh, they, the, this show, the shoe looks good. It looks wow. good. Yeah. I wonder if those are hard to find at this moment. I don't, yeah, I don't think they probably exist. Yeah. I don't know. What's in the, um, what's the Malibu mob? <laughs> oh that's funny um, john Coos actually in it yeah well johnny was you know he's since moved back to the midwest but oh yeah, that's cool that's yeah i think roots. it was just a group of guys like chris chelios uh john mcginley i think john mcamorough laird uh cusack and a couple other guys that they just seem to hang out and do crew, stuff yeah. on the thing and i don't know how they got the term the malibu mob um but you know like i mean chelly Chris Chelios, who's a hockey player, was a hockey player, and you know McEnroe and Laird, like, you know, these are from some very specific personalities. Oh yeah, McEnroe, cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a very bright guy. Yeah, yeah, but he's as competitive. He's like, a if, badass. Though, if you yeah. took us, if he took us to the tennis court and was like, "Hey, I'm," not, if you said, "Hey, I'm not really a tennis player, but I just love to hit the ball around," I don't think it's possible. Mm. I think McEnroe has one gear. Yeah, it's he's go. Destroy you. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And he's still playing, probably. Yeah, he is. Wow. Yeah, he's so and he's fiercely competitive fiercely and what about volleyball you play it 
I, no. Because, you know, How the problem is I probably haven't played for about six years. I used to play with a bunch of guys. I used to play in... Um, with men on Kauai. That was how I played until I was about 46, I'd wow. say. It was fun. That's cool. And I have a really great partner um, that's exceptional. Uh, so we played together for probably off and on for 20 years. So I would go, when I would go to Kauai after my season, I would still play and practice with him. Yeah. Even when I was really playing. So I, I played with him for a really long time. It was What great. about golfing? I do not touch golf because... You have to practice golf. Yeah. And if you don't, it's just, it is one of the hardest, most unfun things <laughs> to just hack around. And yeah, it's unfun to watch on TV, but I've tried it and it was kind of fun to try a couple of times. It wasn't serious. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, Laird always jokes. He's like, I've never done anything that takes so long that I have physically done so little and I am so exhausted, yeah. you know, because it's, it's very difficult and it think is. about it. You get counted for your mistakes. Imagine if every time you were play, you in the NBA and every time you shot and missed, they took away two points. Yeah. You know, yeah. so golf is, a, I always laugh that if you watch a guy win a golf tournament or a girl after four days, they're not even happy. They're just relieved. They didn't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you have to have four days wow. that you don't implode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a really and in, incredibly mind mm. an emotional grindy. Yeah. It's pretty tough. But you loved it back then. I did. It was like a challenge that they, I sort of was invited to see if I could get my card and I was ex interested really in extending my athletic career. And I knew if I could somehow figure out how to do that, I could extend my athletic career, you know, past volleyball yeah, and yeah. do it, do it longer. Did you come close to getting the card? I started having kit my, I had oh, my yeah. second daughter and it was just like, forget it. Damn. No. Well, you know, Oh, that's nice though. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. What about what about like a documentary about yourself? Would you ever? No. Okay. It's not that interesting. How about another book? I know it's interesting. I thought about another book. Because the last book was what 2013. Yeah, was it that long ago already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think. Yeah, what was that? My foot's too big for the glass slipper. I yeah, my foot's too big for the glass slipper. A guide to yeah less than perfect life. I love that. I love that title so much. I wanted it to be um, death by domestication: how not to impale yourself on the white picket fence, but <laughs> they didn't go for that. That sounds like a punk record. <laughs> well, because it's just like they sell you, you know, girls like here he comes on the white horse and they're yeah. going to save you and all that. And there's something to be said for that. But you realize it's an unfair setup. And now I think I feel like we swung so far the other way oh, yeah. where where it's it's like where girls are like, I don't need a man and I don't. And, and I think that that's fine, too. But I think in a way there's some there's a sweet spot in the middle, which is like we don't have to be. I, I've never been combative against the other opposite gender. Yeah. Because I I know a lot of good men. Yeah. And so I feel like um, it's an interesting thing to see where men are scared to act like men. They don't know, like, am I allowed to open the door? Can I tell her she looks pretty? Should I pay for dinner? So true. So they're getting squished. And then girls are going like, I don't need a guy. But then meanwhile, who is she going to have sex with? Because you, I think you want to have sex with like a more guy guy. Most of us. Really I don't, interesting. You know, it's like, I don't necessarily want, I mean, uh, not to be overly harsh, but it's yeah. like, I don't think you necessarily want someone to be your bitch, even though everyone thinks that they do, but they don't. Not yeah. really. Great point. And I and I think we've the fine line is like a hmm. well, not only that, but we've lost the true beauty. Like again, I'm around a very hyper masculine male. Yes. And all that he is is he's way he's the most sensitive person in the house. He's the most helpful, 
protective. You know, it's all the real things of what masculinity isn't someone enforcing their will upon you. True. It's, Hey, I'm, I'm here to support what needs to happen. Yeah. Do I, do I need to care for somebody? Do I need to fix something? Do I need to, uh, run in somewhere? Someone's in trouble. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we've weirdly, it's all, we're losing that culturally. So I would be, I would love to discover like the nuance of that. And as a six foot three, 180 pound woman, I, I always felt like I was sure about like my own, um, you know, like I, when I wrote the last book, I said something about in my home dynamic, Yes, I took on and it was, I can understand the touchiness of the word because we had to fight for certain rights that I did not have to Right, I went to school on an athletic scholarship. Mm-hmm. I wasn't told I couldn't do anything because I was a girl. Yeah. So I had the benefit of the women before me, but I to be of service is the genuine uh, meaning of s- submission. Yeah. Right. And and I also said it kind of as a tongue in cheek in my book about at my house that I was of service to the family. Yeah. And people were really frustrated, and I thought let's see, I played professional sports. I came through this whole thing. I've tried to depict some kind of strength. So that's why I thought I could comfortably have a conversation about also dynamics of when you're in a relationship. Yeah. And, uh, people tripped on it a little bit. And I guess back then too, it'd be like, Oh, they would really, their heads would explode today. I think. Yeah. And I think it's okay. It's just sometimes it's like, Hey, listen, if like a deer on my road gets hit, it's like Laird comes in and digs a hole and buries a thing. It's like, wow. There's just certain things that I like were disconnected with because they, it's like, well, I can order Uber. Yeah. Okay. But the way we really live, like if they turn off the power, we're, we're, don't we want people who kind of more naturally gravitate towards like we've got to figure this out. Yeah, of course. And so I don't know. It's yeah, just, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, and for and and again for young women and not to be vulgar, but like who are they going to really want to have sex with? Yeah. You know, some guy who's like, "Okay, whatever you say and you know, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder or just make you comfortable. Is that okay? I'm going to lean in now and kiss you. Are you comfortable with that? Are yeah. you joking?" Like yeah. I'd just be like, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, it's so true. So even like opening the door for somebody now, I don't know if people even do that anymore. And if the girl's like, no, I got it. I'll open it for you. Or like this yeah. some weird kind of like. I don't know. I don't know. And I think force against force is never good. No. And so like even I can say like in my relationship, I, I, I have boundaries. Yeah, of course. I, I have, I can walk out the door anytime I want, but I, yes. I ch- choose to sort of say, how can I make this person's life better? And what happens too is my softness hmm. I see is almost like nurtures Laird in a way that makes Laird even better. His be- I like that. His better self. And you know, listen, of course, does he infringe on my boundaries? And I go, hey, you're on my boundaries. Yeah. Of course. Same, we do it to my wife too. <laughs> we do. Yeah. But it's like somehow f- putting force on him doesn't make him better. Nah. But being uh, kind like I think to anyone being loving, being supportive, being complimentary to somebody um, and being appreciative, then all of a sudden they're more. Yeah. And, they, and selfishly, if I was really being like a operator better for me, yeah, you know, better for me. So it's true. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in, in like a little bit of time when all this shakes out, exploring 
what that, you know, what that looks like. Cause I do have three daughters. Yeah. You know, they, they, they are going to be in relationships. Yeah. Are they dating already? Um, my middle is, um, my, my oldest is actually married to a girl. And awesome. then, yeah, so it's like all, so I'm not talking about like, it has to be a certain way. No, of course not. But I'm just interested in human dynamics. And yeah. by the way, even in same sex relationships, someone has male energy, someone has female energy. Yes. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. It isn't two dudes, so they both have, both bring masculine and it isn't mm -hmm. two chicks, so they both bring feminine. Someone will take on and they might yeah. even flip and flop, but at some point. It's the masculine and the feminine, yeah. right? The yang, the yang. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's. Yeah, it's okay for the guy if he wants to protect his lady and protect yeah. his family, and. Yeah, and I don't know why why we're throwing all like the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. I mean, they put the word in front to toxic in front of masculinity, and it's like, so then any trait that's perceived as masculine is not good. But in the meantime, it's like, yeah, no, I I don't I don't actually agree with that. And also, what is manly and what is tough and what is mad like? in this era in 2023 like because people always say like uh i just say about it say vegan not you're you're vegan you're weak um you're you're not strong you um i don't know the, all just the things they say about people that are vegans but to me a vegan a person who actually cares about animals and the planet and has compassion yeah. and love yeah. and i think that's to me that's that's more that to me that's manly to me actually giving a fucking caring about something trying well, to i think that's the ultimate of manly is really caring about uh like the collective right mm -hmm. yeah but not like hey get out do you see how much i lifted and of course there's those there yeah you know, listen there's good people and bad people 100 percent. but it's masculinity isn't you know uh it isn't this kind of abrasive that's not what i'm talking about and, yeah. and maybe because we haven't seen a lot of it it's we're forgetting mm -hmm. what what the true uh, I have a ton of friends that are like Navy SEAL guys. Let me tell you, they are the most loving, polite, kind guys. Are they probably badass? Yes. Yeah. And if I was like moving and walking, they'd be like, hey, let me take that bag for you. Let me carry it. It's like they, we've, we've lost a little bit. And that as a female, because you go, well, guys can't really, def they're not going to stand up for themselves. They sound like idiots. Yeah. Especially in a world that, listen, there's been some bad behavior by some boys. Okay. Yes. So it's like as a, a stronger female, I feel like it's okay once in a while to try to have these conversations um, because it's going to be hard for them. Then it becomes a men's club. Then it becomes yeah. something else. So I don't know. It's interesting. What about see. being you like with your size and through all the stuff you've been, the relationships, has, have men been intimidated by you? I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think, I think if, they were tricked by the physical uh well, because you got your shit together too and you're doing all kinds of things and you're focused and you're hardworking. yeah well i think that's more of like than the person yeah. you know anyone i knew that wasn't didn't have a a game going and they were just straight up or cool and like yeah. good people they they're like oh yeah okay whatever you mm -hmm. know like so i think that it's more about that yeah um but yeah i mean obviously my size weeded out a lot of people and then be coming from sports and coming from, you know, I, I wasn't looking for someone to pay my bills. I was looking for a partner. Yeah. yeah. And that's, listen, to be a partner to somebody is the hardest thing there is. It is, man. If we just play roles and one person's paying the bills and one person's taking care of the house, that's different than you go, no, that, which means I like, can you pay attention to me? Can you listen to me when I talk? Can you help me solve problems? 
can I help you? Can I, it's yeah. like that dance. That's why I give credit to people when they're really in a partnership. Yeah. It's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Well, cause it's to give your time. There is the, is yeah. the most value, valuable and difficult thing. Mm hmm. You know, we've been in for a long time. Me and you, 96, 97. Yeah. A long time. I'm, I'm very lucky. Yeah. To have like a best friend and everything like a partner and, a badass, amazing wife who, yeah, scares me. Um, That's healthy, though. From Chicago, yeah. No, seriously. I th I feel like when you're a little bit like, ooh, <laughs> with your partner, it keeps you on your toes a little. Yeah, she like, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, for sure. She's definitely a badass. <laughs> it came from the punk rock scene. Yeah. Definitely shoots guns and all that stuff. And <laughs> it's just, but it, but it balances me, and I'm, I'm very lucky that um, she got to travel with me before my son was born, sell merchandise with the band, and then let me go out and be a big kid because essentially I'm be, I'm. Musicians like big kids. We get to go out and do what we do and come yeah. back and play music. And yeah, but that spirit can elevate the whole house. Totally. So I think if we are really, if we are smart, we keep helping our partners be in these environments that are good for them, but that also indirectly is a win for whoever is in their life. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. How, how about when um, I'm throwing random things at you? I love okay. this. This is so fun with you. Elle magazine said you're one of the most beautiful women in the world. Like. How do you how do you take that? How do you absorb that at that age? Do you even care? Like no. whatever? Do you think does it affect your personality, your psyche? I don't know. No, I, okay. no, because it's a, it, listen, it's all games. Like it's like, you know, the top ten, the top five, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a, I was on the right shoot, let's just say, mm -hmm. and uh, I was with a group of girls, and I guess they had the strategy that the story was going to be, gotcha. and um, okay. and that was it. And actually, that photographer that shot those pictures, I I still know. Oh really? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, that didn't. I looked at it. I thought, oh, OK, if anything, that's just stuff that my teammates got to blow me shit on. You know, like I'm at Florida State. They're like, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> so let's not kid ourselves. You miss a ball and they're like, oh, well, for a top five most beautiful women in the world, it's not a very good dig, you know, or whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, this is one of your quotes that I love is okay. my greatest strengths besides discipline is my curiosity. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I think it's powerful. It, it's true though. I think it, and I live with somebody who's very curious. And so it's, um, it's nice to have somebody that you can live with that makes that easier. I think all of us need a, some type of community or, you know, people love the word tribe or whatever, just yeah. to reinforce like, Hey, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, or, or, um, you get inspired by the people around you, but definitely cause the world is changing all the time. So why yeah. not try to pay attention? Yeah. Um, and then getting uncomfortable, like in the ice bath and mm. stuff like that. I see you, you, you really kill that. You and Larry been doing it for a long time, right? Yeah. I mean, before listen, it was kind of trendy and hip. Yeah. But these are old practices. So I we're know. just like goofballs who are really late <laughs> to the party that we were turned on to, you know, listen, this is part of the space we live in. So a lot of the stuff we'll see just a little bit earlier, Yeah. but you're talking about very ancient practices that, you know, it'd before be like Wim Hof. Yeah, and actually, Wim was a great catalyst for this. But yeah. if you go to Scandinavian countries, I think they have more than the average house has an average of more than one sauna, right? Mm -hmm. As they call it, they work sauna, out. Yeah. yeah, they work out all their personal issues, work issues in the sauna, and cool. they've done that forever, you know. And then cut a hole in the ice, and there you go. So, know, uh, you know, sick. we we're just glad we got the opportunity to sort of, you know, make it a practice. But like, you know, it's like breathing. It's like, okay, well, you have monks that were doing Tumo drying sheets on yeah. their bodies. So we're just fortunate that we get to, you know, get access. You do it every day? 
I don't know. Uh, Laird's better at it than I am. I'm like everyone else. Like I'm busy and what's for dinner kind of thing. <laughs> so probably a few times a week for yeah. sure. And yeah. yours is straight up ice ice cubes in there yeah and the reason we do it i would say to anyone going to do this like you have a setup where if it's less people get a plunge so i like plunge and i like renew they'd have a beautiful uh one as well and then we do ice in a stainless steel medical tub yeah because we have a lot of people so ours it's just more hygienic it's smart and i got guys who will load it with ice okay it's a pain in the butt yeah <laughs> it's like you know 12 14 buckets of ice wow. and i have a industrial sized uh ice maker like a restaurant okay, one okay so that so that's the the difference but i would say to anyone listening if they and if you say hey listen that's cute for you guys because you can do it you have the space you can afford it if not even cold showers yes, I do, yeah. after 30 seconds people will get a benefit there's a lot of hormone regulation mood elevation you hear stories uh there's a group in england that does a lot of cold water swimming for anxiety depression yeah so there's just a lot of power in it i think it's so important it's very good. And I think it's a, a healthy investment. If it's a trend, it's it's helping people and I support that. Like Oh yeah. I don't know. I just it's such a game changer. I, like my first time I did it was at Huberman's with Rich mm-hmm. and they had the ice and they broke it with a hammer. I went underneath it. It was it was crazy. It was like such a uh, I can't explain the feeling, man. It's like this crazy high and you feel like electric. Mm. I don't and know, now I'm obsessed with it. I went crazy in it. Well and then I was going too much, like thirteen minutes in there. Like, oh really? Yeah, then he, <laughs> you thought, I'm going to be feel even better. Well, yeah, I was just pushing myself. And then Josh and Josh like, hey, man, I see what you're doing over there. You got to chill. I did that before. Yeah. You have nothing to prove to yourself. Just like go back and forth. So now I go back yeah. and forth. And more and is not more always. I, and I, I was trying to prove like how long could I actually do this? I see. Well, I think also people have to, um, you know, when they do something like that where they're so cold. Yeah. There's, I think, a primal response of like. I'm alive. Yes. Yes. It's this crazy feeling. It's like it's such a high. Yeah. I can't explain it. Yeah. And I saw, you know, that guy for Instagram, it's a dude with sign. He holds up a sign on his Instagram. It's huge. He did them the other day. Okay. You don't have to tell us that you're cold plunge. It went crazy the other day. And then Andrew commented on there, wrote this whole thing about why it's important sure. to do it. And yeah, it was just like, I don't know. Well, Huberman bit the hook, but I mean, you know, people say that to us all the time, like, Oh, da, da, da. But I just, it's okay. The information's out there. Yeah, it's, I mean, anxiety, stress, depression, all yeah, that. a lot. I've had friends, like, come do it and get emotional afterwards and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Like, it's... And if people ever want to try cold water swimming, what if, if hands and feet will keep them, they can wear booties. Mm. And they could even wear a swim cap. So I want to say that there's a wow. lot there's a lot of ways out there. They do have these clubs. And sometimes those are the kind of points of pressure that will keep people from doing it. Okay. And so there's little things you can do to ease yourself into things. Yeah, I feel like I could do the polar bear club now. Oh, for sure. Since I've been doing this. They do cold water swims now at my house. The pool is like about 52, but then they're doing underwater or swimming laps there and back. And I was like, to be honest, I was like, this sucks. It's out of my league because I had an ice cream headache the whole time. Oh, yeah. And they were just like full on layered and the boys are just going full on. I'm like, you guys are idiots. But... But I know they feel good. What about wearing like hats and saunas? Is that something that you should be doing? It works. I think, I mean, listen, some people are allergic to wool, but it definitely lets you stay in there longer. Okay. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, listen, those, all these things are for a reason, right? It's like, why we, why do we put pepper on food? It's like, we absorb the nutrients more. Like all of things that exist usually have some kind of actual tethered to a real reason. Do you ever just do the cold or just the hot? 
Oh, yeah, I'll do just the high. Yeah, I love the high. Yeah, and there's, uh, I like Dr. Rhonda Patrick for her data on the heat, like heat shock proteins and just a lot of things of why it's good for you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's new to me. It's been like less than a year, but uh-huh. like, I love it. I'm so Did you psyched. get your crew in? Like where your wife go and stuff with My you? My wife's not really a big plunger. She loves the sauna. Okay, she'll good. Get, she'll get in the plunge. She'll get a little I, bit in there, a little bit I out. I think but. the heat is the king. Yeah. I think it's, if you said, hey, one, like what was, I think sort of the most, stu- or at least the most studied benefits is the, is the sauna, is the, the heat. But then the combo is just like. It's just well, yeah. It's, well, that's, now you got Cadillac luxury. It's great. And you just gave me the, uh, the layered superfood stuff today, oh, which yeah. I'm really psyched to try. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like performance, plant-based. Yep. Powders, everything, bars, everything, right? Yep. We've, we have liquids as well, but I brought you all the powders yeah. and it's, uh, yeah, creamers for your coffee. We have high quality coffee. We have plant-based protein. We have bars. Um, we have very good coffee itself. We have hot chocolate. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff. I'm excited. So yeah. cool. Yeah. It's really good for, for looking forward to having it on tour, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing is like, we want people to be active. So for camping, for example, the InstaFuel products, all you need is hot water and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about your um, XPT, your extreme performance training? Are you still doing that, the lifestyle program? Yeah, so we even have an event in May in um, Kauai, and then we'll do one here in California. And that was just based on kind of our pool training and yeah. the heat nice. It's a breathe, move, and recover. So we have breathing practices, and um, I think that's a really powerful tool, actually, for people. Uh, XPT has an app, but I would just okay. say never mind. Like whatever would get people breathing um, I really like, I mean, a lot of people know Wim Hof. I like Patrick McCune's work. Okay. He has a book called The Oxygen Advantage. James Nestor's book called Breathe was quite good. Um, and just understanding it's free and yeah. you can do it anywhere. And most of us don't do it right, including True. me. And so me. <laughs> it's a Try really, that. really powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. You've been doing it for a while now? I do. And, and honestly, like, so sometimes it's like, you know, when you're the shoemaker, you don't have shoes. A lot of times I'm like, I don't have time to breathe, but I know how to do it. So even when just being conscious when I'm sitting at my desk that I'm not, I'm never mouth breathing. I'm always nasal breathing. We should really only be breathing through our mouth if we're sprinting. Okay. Um, otherwise deep in the belly, three parts breath. So deep in your belly, then your lower ribs and then your upper kind of almost like your lats. Okay. And if people want to learn to practice, they could lay flat. So they're not getting hammered by gravity okay. makes it easier. And a lot of times if you tell somebody, Hey, take a deep breath, they shrug their shoulders They do, yeah. versus opening and thinking of a circular breath for the ribs, making room for the lungs Got for you. women. We hold our, we hold our tummies because okay. we're always sucking it in. <laughs> okay. Let it out be soft and you can fake it. So if you pull in through your nose, you actually just push your stomach out. You'll feel the breath go straight down. So you kind of access that diaphragm. Then you think of this. I always say to people, think of it as a ball that that I'm now breathing up into my lower ribs and opening my ribs. And then if you were laying down into the upper lats, so you'd kind of almost feel like you know, you're lifting yourself off the floor in that big round breath and then let it out slowly by bringing the belly button to the spine, nose, exhale through the nose so there's ways right now hearing you say all that stuff and if people do this (laughs) like if let's say you're stressed out um and if you can lay down great if you can't just practice it on your own if you do that for two minutes you'll kind of down regulate and put yourself into your parasympathetic okay um so it's really important people can use that at work uh there's breathing patterns to kind of get ready let's say have a big meeting or you have a show and you got to get fired up and focused yeah there's breathing patterns to do that if you want to do things at altitude there's ways to get rid of your co2 that help that so once people just get a 
a few of the basics, the fundamentals. Yeah. It's a really incredible tool. And for like flying too, if, I, if I'm, a Abs- sh- I'm a shitty flyer. Well, definitely you don't want to be mouth breathing, right? You want okay. to use your filtration system, right? So yes, you want to downregulate and be calm, yeah. but then you want to protect yourself because you're in the germ tube germ by tube. only breathing through your nose. Okay. Yeah, for sure. You like flying? I don't mind it. You know, not to be morose, but my father died in a, in a very small oh, plane. That's right. That's right. Oh no. God. So I think, oh, I'm like the odds of like me going in a plane, I just think are low. But, you know, listen, the other side of this is that's like, right. I, I've been in some pretty, you know, I grew up in the Caribbean. So we used to be in some really small planes, like, you know, getting into the outer islands. And um, I've been in some flights where I'm like, I'm not going to spend my last few minutes of my life if this is it stressing out. Like, yeah. you know, kind of like, fuck it. Like, I, it's like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to. It's out of my hands. Like once I get on. So I, I, but I, I have a lot of friends, but I think down regulating. Did you not fly after your pops died from that? Oh no, I never. Just kept flying. Yeah. Plus I was really little, but he also was in a small plane, which is a lot more dangerous. Man. What is it? Have you always been scared of it? My whole life. I don't know why. And it's like, there's is it no like reason the, for is it. Is it the musician's curse thing or what do you got going? It's the weirdest shit. If I tell you right now, you could be like, what is wrong with this guy? I sit, I have to sit in the back of the plane mm-hmm. by the toilets, which I never use. Is it is it because you know the statistics about survival on it or no. what is it? Now I make my whole band, my wife and my kid. They hate me for it. Mm-hmm. I always book all the flights for the tours. Everybody has to sit in the back row with me. I don't know why. Are you serious? Yeah. And I, I if I go into the bathroom, I have to have my son or my wife stand in front. I would not lock the bathroom door on the airplane. I'm claustrophobic for it. Okay. I got problems, man. No, it's okay. This therapist is going to help me. I hope. Um, those are my fears in flying. Is not crashing. But why? It's, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's getting stuck in the bathroom for 100%. And I don't know why I have to sit in the back of the plane. It's so strange. I don't you, know what the hell that comes you should, from. You should listen to KD stuff. It's really good. Okay. Because I think you'd be like, oh. Because you could ask yourself questions when you were going through it. Yeah. Am I going to, you know, it's like, it, okay. it's, it can be helpful. What was your last real job that you had a boss that you had to like clock in? Oh, I've never had a boss. Yes. No, You're, I. You are a boss. No, yeah, no, I never had a boss. I never, you never had like a little team I mean, job mean in the like island my, anywhere. Oh well, that's a good point. I, but I, it was my friends. But I, and I was like twelve and thirteen. But I did work at. I worked at my friend Elise and Ron Savage. They had a, a, a gift shop called the Shipwreck Shop. I okay, loved so you it. You thought you were going to work at a sh- uh, gift shop? Yeah, and I used life. to work. But they were like they were like a surrogate family members. Okay. And give, but I was working. I mean, okay, I, yeah. I. But but I didn't really. I've never had a boss. I. Started Damn, modeling. That's, pretty, that's amazing. I mean, I've had coaches though, and they're like bosses. Yeah. But Let me tell you, my freshman year of college, I was on a scholarship. So your coach, I guess, that'd be as close as, to okay. a boss as I had. You had to be a practice at whatever time you were training. But um, not way to clock in, drive in. No. That's incredible. No well, I went, I did. That's freaking bad. I was in fashion, then I played I volleyball, then I, I mean, it just basically, I think that's why I always like to be an entrepreneur because it was like, you know, creative expression. And I really, I'll work harder, but I don't really want to have, I don't want to. That's that fear. That's the thing we talked about earlier. I think for me then, like the fear of having to like work for somebody or do something I don't want to do. I don't know, man. Well, also, you know what it is? Here's the deal for me is I don't mind if I'm going to crash and burn, which I've done in certain, um, you know, startups that we've done. Yeah. But I don't want to feel limited. Like I know where the ceiling is. I want to think it's, unlimited yeah where i could go the possibility are you an optimist or pessimist oh i'm definitely an optimist yeah I feel I'm, that. I feel I'm, that not, I'm not like a though like sunshine like oh my gosh no. but i just <laughs> i don't see the what's productive about being a pessimist yeah. 
And I, it's sort of like, you know, that expression drivers say, don't look where you don't want to go. Mm. Um, I, I sort of go, well, if I'm trying to do this thing over here, why would I spend energy yeah. being a pessimist? No, I love that. So I'm a practical optimist. Practical optimist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about, um, and when then, do you have any, do you have any major regrets in your life? Um, I wouldn't say I do because every, you know, like everyone, everything has brought me to here, but That's true. I should have stretched more in my life. I wish I had started stretching sooner. I need to start stretching now since I'm running a lot too. That's yeah. so important. So stretch your quads. You need to stretch your quads if you're running. So you feeling that later on in life, you should have stretched. You can avoid a lot of problems if you keep your body supple and I didn't, and I was a jumping athlete. So I, mm. and I have long levers, so I'm ready to be tight. And, wow. and I stayed away from it because it was uncomfortable and I wasn't good at it. So if you said, okay, a regret. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then what are some, why well, I kind of know your daily rituals. You work out every day pretty much or? I, yeah, maybe five, six days. You read, you, you read every day, read something? I do. I do a lot of reading. I just set my reading game up, man. So bad. But this is why I do the podcast because I force myself because otherwise if okay. I was left to myself, I wouldn't, what you have to do is you have to start, start having some really smarty pants, I guess, know. not people like me. You're smart. No, so. you know what I'm saying? And then be like, I'm so, scared. oh no, you got to do it. And so, and you know, the thing is, you know this because- I had you, Huberman on. That was smartest I went so far, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't have a book, damn Huberman. He um, needs a book. Yeah, I have a joke that I'm going to do for Huberman. I want to make black t-shirts, long sleeve. And on the front, it's, I want it to say Huberman said. And then on the back, have all his rules. Because I swear to God, Amazing. now every time I meet people, they're like, do you know what Huberman said? Yes, I'm like, too. holy shit. My psychiatrist said, you ever heard of Huberman? I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, so wait, I want to do t-shirts for like everybody that knows Huberman, including Huberman. Long black sleeve in honor of his long black sleeve. Oh, and that said, please. Huberman said, and then just have a bunch of rules on the back, like as Huberman said. It is so crazy because my friend's like, Huberman said, wait 90 minutes yeah. before you have caffeine, yeah. get sunlight in the yeah. morning. Mm -hmm. And then this is back and forth where yeah. Rogan's like go into the cold plunge before you work out then and then and then Andrew's like don't do that it's like a thing right now it's crazy uh, oh yeah I yeah I heard I know I, I know it's, it, it just cracks me off though and sometimes I love being scientific but then other times it's like you know why not just go in the yeah. cold like it's not gonna hurt you oh is your oh here she comes we're almost done but just, just such a just the best conversation my fucking dog where's all my family Come here. Oh, Hi. Me you missed me. What did they say? Tried to wait to say hello. I'm off to the airport. That's okay. Who's oh, off to the airport? Oh, okay. I, she's not leaving. I was like, oh no. No. Um, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, really so good. I'm I'm gonna do gifts for Huberman, but just yeah, pick people, and they could be listen. Pick a musician who wrote a book. Yeah, I because do that. when you when people guests show up and you're prepared genuinely. Yeah. First of all. You, you're going to do a better job. But second of all, they'll appreciate it. And finally, it's like, it's forcing you. Told to read. That's the only reason I read. You think I I'd have time to read? Audiobooks, no? It's cheating. Uh, well, no, because I can retain it better mm. and I can make notes better when I read it. What about music? Like, what kind of music do you like, do you listen to or grew up on? I grew up on reggae. and like, Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and a lot of, uh, my stepfather's from Puerto Rico, so a lot of merengue, you know, like merengue and salsa and things like that. And weirdly, like, steel drum music. That's cool. Because, you know, St. Thomas, Carnival, my dad, Trinidad. Um, and then when I lived in New York City, I used to, 
I I was in New York when rap kind of started. Nice. Like in 87, 88. Same. I moved here in 88. That's when I lived right. there. Right. So I used to buy like tapes on the street. Oh, yeah. So for my land workouts, I listened to very hard rap. because Hard it's, rap. Okay. Because it's, it's ever moving. But if I go to my pool, I'll this listen. Is to this day. Yeah. Wow. If I do pool training, I'll listen to something because you have to be really calm in the pool because yeah. it's more stressful in a different way. So I'll listen to something softer. So classical for the pool or even like I'll make a PlayStation off of like a Rufus to Soul or somebody kind of more m- melodic-y mellow yeah. because you can't have stuff that ramps you underwater because yeah, just yeah. your thoughts will burn oxygen. Mm, how How wide you hold your gaze like if I look at you and my make my eyes real narrow and chill, I'm burning less air. If I open them wide, think about a sport. If I throw a ball at you, your eyes will open and focus. Yeah. But you will burn more oxygen, takes more energy. Wow. So in the pool, you're trying to keep everything as still as possible to, especially when you're under. Yeah. To not burn oxygen. Interesting. What, what, what hip hop would you listen to? Like what groups? I mean, I can go all the way back to like KRS-One and Public Enemy all yes. the way forward to, you know, my teenage girls will give me like the newest, latest. Yeah, my And son too, you yeah. have to incorporate it because otherwise I'm going to listen to the same old stuff all the time. You got Drake in there? Of course. Sick. And, uh, you know, I not, I don't want to say grew up on Wu-Tang, but I did. And yes, like same, all, same. All of that. So, yeah, no, my kids will bring me all the new. I mean, I, I even like, I mean, I know it's... It's a different kind, but I love like DMX to work out too. Love DMX, incredible. I mean, come man. on, it's like, yeah. So I, I'm open to it's all so of it cool. as long as. And the thing for me with my workouts is they have to have a very steady and hard, constant beat. Yeah. If the lead in is too long or something, I can't have it because when I go, it's going the whole time. But I'm, I'm open to it all. I saw Karis one perform in oh. Orange County two weeks ago. Seriously, he's 57 years old. He was incredible. He you saw him freestyling on stage. Wow. It was unreal, man. What a gift that you got to see I him. Know. He he's he's a big inspiration for me. Like um those records when he first came out. Oh, yeah. yeah, especially out there. I used to listen to Kumo D in college. Kumo D is <laughs> sick. <laughs> Gotta go to work. Do you remember Kooji rap? Yes. He performed with K R S one. Wow. And then Wu Tang's coming back. We should go to that. Wu Tang just played last Wait, year with one Nas. One of them is a vegetarian who? They're all vegan. They're almost all vegans yeah. now. The Jizzer, Method Man, the Rizza. The Rizza, I don't know if he could he be smarter, that guy? I know that guy is whoa. They just dropped vegan uh, Wu Tang wallets last year. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Really? So I saw him at the uh, Rose Bowl, and they're coming back on the same tour. I'm gonna hit you up about it. It was incredible crowd, diverse, young, everybody singing. It was beautiful. Really? Yes. I just interviewed somebody from Dead Press. I know. You Stick. did? Yeah. He's so amazing. He is amazing. I saw that. Yeah. It was really nice for me. Be I, healthy. There's songs about being vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. He's, wow. he's, you know, cause I'm, I'm actually, how'd mo- you find out about that? I was going to ask you cause I saw the other day. He's a, he's a crazy runner too. He is. He's got these running clubs and stuff. Like he runs yeah. and he writes music for that. He's he, in Atlanta, right? He is. He wrote a book about that's health oriented and somebody presented it. And I was like a hundred percent because my thing is this in a way, if I went to yoga class, right. And I was with a bunch of people that were super bendy. Maybe in a different way, I'm working harder and more than they are because mm. I'm not. And now, well, is my chest touching the floor? Maybe it's not, but is that the point? And sometimes when I see someone like him to get into a healthy lifestyle and 
and devote time to writing a book about the five principles. It's like in a way he's traveled further than somebody who was completely exposed to it. He came through sports. He was in the environment. So it's like, yo, I want to know what in you was ignited that you thought. And a a lot of it was his um, ex-wife was a big uh, teacher to him. Oh, that's cool. And he learned a lot. But it's like something inside um, and bringing that to your community. Yeah. Yeah. It's really badass. I mean, they have songs on the record, on the Des Perry record, like, uh, uh, I don't eat no beef, no pork, no sweets. I can't yeah. remember. No, I mean, he's, healthy, he's, yeah. he's really, and I really appreciate that. Like for me, it's, it's, um, it's people like that, that inspire me because I'm like, man, they traveled even further. hundred percent, man. You know? Yeah. And and they were talking about a long time ago on the records too. Like I know when really nobody in hip hop was talking about it. Yeah, there's a lot more vegans now in hip hop, and a lot more people talking about it, and just being more conscious what they put in their bodies and the connection between what you eat and then the environment, everything. It's yeah. I think especially coming out of the pandemic, I think more people are more conscious about what they're doing. About hope, I don't know. Yeah, I, my hope is is that we understand that obviously besides our loved ones, our health is the number one commodity that we own. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we don't have to lose it to want to take care of it. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that's usually how humans work. It's like, oh shit, now I have to deal with it instead of, hey, maybe I could avoid some issues later and really, really take care of it now. I think it's also even like love, right? Like how do I nurture and take care of this if not like, oh, now someone's walking out the door and I go, well, no, wait, I'll, I can do better, yeah. you know, but like in front of us, totally. like really, really do it. It's um, really true. And then the other, the other side though, is there's just so much, it's very combative. I feel like the, like, you know, the world, everything is like very black and white and combative. And my hope is that we still can find pockets with each other to, you know, even like be different and agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, like love each other respectfully and yes. be different. Not like, yes. Hey, listen, if you don't do everything the way I do it or I believe it every way I do, then you know, I can't know you. It's I like hate that. that happened so much the past couple of years. I have friends, my yes. wife's like, my wife's not straight edge. She drinks. Like yeah. I have friends who aren't vegan. I have friends who aren't straight edge. I That's have friends it. who don't like this music. I have friends who are political friends who are not. And yep. I love them all. Yes. And we can have conversations like, I don't know. I think that, that that's so lost right now. There's such a division. It just feels like a division. Yes. But it pretty much is. But yeah, I have so many friends. And people kind of trip on me if I do a post like that. Like, I did a post once. Like, I have friends who this and this and that. They're like, how can you hang out with that person? They're yeah. not vegan. Oh, my God. I'm like, really? Yeah. Are you serious? It's like. And I think that's, I think. And I actually feel that maybe most, more of us feel similar it's just that the outside noise is so well orchestrated and so loud. And so it's just that constant reminder to let people know most of us feel more similar in the sense of we would accept someone different. Totally. And so how do we recognize that the, you know, outside noise is like I said, well organized and loud Yeah. and not really buy into it and keep like, you know, it's like even when you go on the street, like go to the market, whatever it's like, just keep, you know, connecting with everyone and yeah and and being together because when when i talk about wanting to be healthy and wanting to be strong and powerful and successful all of that is part of that formula yes it isn't oh my business is crushing it let me tell you how much i train (laughs) it's like 
no, it's like, can I have these elements of my life intact? Yeah. Um, and every person I've ever met that I really respected and, and thought was a true, like superhero badass, they were usually kind of the most loving people I ever met. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, that that's a whole other conversation. Like, cause I, like I said, if I hung out with every single person that was exactly like me, it'd be so boring. Oh my what god! What are we gonna talk about? I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it really bummed me out how people just shut people off the last couple of years for certain things yep. and this and that. It was yep. just sad. It was and just, different stages. You know, that's yeah. the other thing we have to remember. Where that person is in their journey, they might be in a different place, and that's what they need to do at that time. True. So maybe they want to have a cocktail, or they want to eat this, or they yeah. want to you know worship a god that's called that it's like yeah that's where they are in their journey totally yeah i don't judge them um is your, is your family pretty all healthy eaters yeah they yeah. are yeah i mean they are and even like the youngest who wants to like eat weird sometimes like <laughs> take away food it's like she ultimately is even healthy yeah you guys mm -hmm. have sit down dinners and stuff still we do it's so you important. know i we, joke we have that too man it's so you important. have to yeah. my, my family we joke though it's like i'm like we are a family and we're gonna sit and enjoy each other at dinner you know it's like oh, the no kids, phones. yeah the kids are just like i'm like see isn't this nice you know it's like oh <laughs> my god food. yeah but it is important to have that that <laughs> structure is. man oh we, we tried so my wife all, all goes to my wife having those dinners and after school yeah. and all that when max was young it's so important man. oh it is because i didn't get a lot of that growing up and neither did she and yeah just to have that sort of structure for him. It's it like, is. And you can see him. You can look and be like, How, let me check in. Let me see what's going on. How's their day? You know, but it is. It's so funny. I feel like I'm like the, because, you know, you think every other family really loves each other more than yours. And you, you know, like I watch my one teenage daughter and I think, oh, and then I'm reminded every family is crazy and doing it. Of you, course. you know, I joke about like going to the airport and seeing people who come on holiday. And, you know, mm. by the, have you ever gone on holiday with your family? Um, not much. Okay. No. Well, by the end, I, I, we try to avoid it, but yeah. it's like by the end, you're like, did you get that bag? And you're yelling at each other oh, in yeah, the airport yeah. and everyone's tired and frustrated so and whatever. Fresh people coming to yeah, and, they, and you're like, look at, they love each other. Oh, you know, no. that family. It's but just getting started. Yeah. It's just the chaos. <laughs> it's the total um, chaos. I'm going to leave a quote that you, that one of your quotes too. It's okay to show all sides of yourself, be whom you truly are to make a better life for yourself. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we're a lot of things and the world tells us, hey, you're, you can't be one if you're the other. And I think it's, again, it's that self check-in. Who am I? How do I want to contribute to the world I live in? And we're what, not perfect. Well, I think the minute we can get to that, the sooner the better, yeah. then we're liberated that that's even part of the deal. Yeah. And then, and that also is not the, the goal. Yeah. You know, is that the goal? I mean, if I could love my husband or my children perfectly which i can't that would be pretty cool but Same. I, I can't because that's where all the lessons are yeah i i changed because of all the ways i blew it mm. not because of and then using a sports analogy it's like losing is all the stuff that teaches you you never really learn anything from winning winning was just the, the execution of the lessons you mm. know what was the biggest accomplishment for you you think in your life I think the fact that I'm like still married and have a family. Awesome. I, I really think I'm sometimes I'm surprised <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. And, and this is what I'll say to well, you. Feel like you feel like you don't deserve it. I just didn't think I would be a person who could pull it. Yeah. Could pull or, it, yeah. And, or that I, or I picked a partner that helped me pull it also. Yeah. But I will say this so lucky, man. is that, and you heard you, we talked earlier. I almost, you know, got divorced is, 
Um, sometimes if you can stick through long enough, when it's hard, you can get to the other side. But also, um, what I want to say is every day I just try to do my best. My yeah. expectation is not, Laird and I are going to be married forever. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is when I woke up today, I said to myself, you know, very much on purpose, I'm going to go downstairs and be as nice as I can and I'll earn it today. Mm. Um, because I, I don't know. And that, and I sort of made that a thing maybe 15 years ago or so. And that sort of helps. Yeah. Um, and you know, like make yourself happy. That's the other thing is like, I am important. I have, I'm someone's mom and I'm someone's wife, but I'm, I'm just me and I, I still have to have a mission for myself. And time for yourself too. Yeah. And so I think that, especially for women, because it makes perfect sense why we would also put a lot of people first. And and also if you are in a relationship uh, with a man to support them having a mission because yeah. it fulfills them. And I think th- that that kind of understanding is super important. Yeah. You know. You're saying that's like, wow, I can't imagine my life without my wife or like, being single in Los Angeles in my fifties. Oh my God. And those apps and all that stuff. I can't imagine being single and not my wife. It's crazy, but anything. But you, but you got lucky finding her early. And conversely, if somebody hasn't had that good fortune, Laird always says, you know, like there's always every Jack has his Jill or every Jill has her Jill or (laughs) every Jack has his Jack or whatever. But it's also remembering for people like that too. Yeah. You know, very lucky, man. Very lucky to do what I love. And, people that love me I come home to and all that stuff. It's like, well, and you guys are healthy. Yeah. We're healthy, healthy family, man, active and yeah. take care of ourselves. And what do you, with your audience, when they listen, what is your hope when you have your conversations for them? Hope they get inspired by people and hear these stories and hear people's journeys and, um, people that believe in themselves and don't give up and just everything, trials and tribulations. And me and you totally, when we were both coming from losing our dad and that's, crazy connection right there and and just life's after that and your journey before i don't know it's just this is a great this is a great conversation i'm happy that it worked and we got the recording to work just like your journey and stuff and and, and humanize you as a person that people see you as gabby reese and all the stuff you've done but you're just a fucking you're just a human being that makes mistakes you know what i mean all the i sh- could have brought my daughter here one of them <laughs> they would have been like let me count the ways yeah just humanize people i think people what they like about this conversation is that it's like just talking to people that like think that maybe we would never even have uh, a chance to meet in our lives and we met and mm. here we are talking i don't know it was great your story is incredible and your journey is incredible and well thanks for having ins- me in your home of course i'm so i appreciate your patience and for the listeners <laughs> too and maybe i'll find the first part of it probably won't but um yeah i'm stoked to hang with you guys more and yeah, try you try your stuff and take it on tour and yeah you can come do heat nice oh yeah i want to do it with you like you guys are yeah. the og pros and you have a big pool too huh we have a big pool, yeah. It's a wave pool, right? Well, I, Laird wishes. No, <laughs> it's not. Okay, it's, okay. It's just deep, yeah. and it's good for training. Is he in the water every single day? No, because if it's if it's, I mean, he'll go when there's something. Um, but you know, this is a person who surfed a lot. But he gets, you know, it gets hard on him. But he'll find ways. He'll go paddle and go do other things. I like but, when yeah. my son asked him. He said, um, "Do you ever wear shoes?" He said, "Yeah, when I go snowboarding." I know. He just got back from Alaska. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got back the other day. And you said something that was interesting too that day. It was like, I don't know, he's better. I'm not saying he's better in the water than he is on land. I don't know. It's oh, like yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's interesting how much time he spent in the actual water his whole life. When he gets in the water, his whole physique even looks different. Damn. 
It's like he gets activated. It's that's, really cool. It's amazing, man. What an amazing human, dude. And that's your husband. <laughs> He's got an awesome woman, too. Um, he is very special. Well, thank you for your time. Thank Thanks. you for everything. Yeah. And um, we'll do a part two someday. We're just, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll catch up. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other, and that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swipe the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo off in one sitting. You have to be patient and it's painful. They ice you up, it's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly gonna get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations. U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology. Cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TobyH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out. Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch it, anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam.